Hello, good evening, and welcome to Under the Main Stand podcast. I can't, Adam and Ben always tell me what number it is. I don't really know what number it is. But anyway, we're with you for a podcast. Um, And tonight, Ben's not around, and neither is Adam. But we are joined by Ryan, and we are also joined, a new appearance tonight from longtime Terrace fan, Richard Wood. So good evening to both of you. Good evening, evening, gentlemen. Hello. Um, Yes, so we've got a fair bit to get through, as we always say. because it's a mad time of the season. Obviously, the FA Cup starts on Saturday as well, where the Terrors visit Odd Down, um, a side that sort of uh, is near sort of Bath area. Won't be an easy game actually, because a lot of people will be expecting the Terrors to go and win that comfortably. And as we know of the FA Cup, it never really works like that. We'll touch on that a little bit uh, later on. Um, firstly, we'll say hello to Rich because Rich, it's your first time on the Under the Main Stand pod. Obviously, you've done your own podcasts. For a couple of, for a few years now, um, for for the terrors, uh, are you pleased to be with us tonight and joining us uh, on on our podcast? Yeah, very honoured, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I said I would, I'm a regular listener, so yeah, it's a very enjoyable listen. So yeah, yeah, very very pleased to be asked. So thank you very much. Yeah, no, no brilliant. Pleased to have you, Rich. Um, it's uh, been obviously an interesting period for the terrors. Five games gone so far. Three wins, a draw, and a defeat. The first game of the season against Saint. Ives Town. Um, we will start tonight with obviously the Derby game that just passed. Um, Dorchester Town nil, Weymouth three, and obviously Craig Laird, Dorchester's former manager, now losing his job on Tuesday evening. Um, Ryan, we'll obviously we'll, we'll start with you. Um, Weymouth won the game comfortably. Obviously, you couldn't be there, obviously, but uh, Weymouth won the game comfortably, and everything pointed towards at the start of the game a Weymouth win. But it was obviously pleasing that the lads went out and actually delivered it, wasn't it? Well, we, we kind of jokingly talked about it before the game that this is probably the most comfortable we looked going into a derby. Like, on paper, we should be absolutely battering them. But you you never know with a derby, do you? We've seen it before where we've, we've looked the better team on paper and ended up getting beaten at the avenue. So it's nice that it actually it went went to form this time and we did get the job done comfortably. With some decent efforts as well, from what I've seen. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Rich, obviously, you were at the game. You were at the Avenue on Monday. The Terrors really didn't have to get out of second gear, did they? No, they didn't, Josh. I mean, it, it was such a oh, well. I've never seen such a one-sided derby game. I don't think with us and Dorchester. Uh, I can't remember one to be brutally honest. Um, and I mean, usually, I mean, you know me. I'm one of the most pessimistic fans out there when it comes to the derby but although I wasn't too confident as maybe the others were it was one of those I thought well their results has just not been good and they didn't have any any leaders out there you know no Nathan Walkers no uh, Mark Germains you know we know that they're going to fire get fired up for the game and it was just none of that there and as someone else said I don't know who it's just they just seemed resigned to their fate you know of of what was going to happen you know, we played well enough to win, but as you say, you know, we really didn't have to get out of second gear. So, you know, it's a job done. So, yeah, I think it was I think it was James Spring that made them comments. Spring, obviously, uh, who's probably watching Bolty House tonight. Obviously, we he loves it. I think he's on. I think he's on about game hundred and two already this season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think he was the one that made them comments about. Um, it, it was almost like Dorchester were resigned to the, the fact that they lost before the game kicked off. I think. What you just said there about leadership on the pitch, that was a big, big point, actually, because 
Jake McCarthy in the second half, I thought, took the game by the scruff of the neck for the Terrors. Um, obviously, he's the team captain, so you do kind of expect it. And um, not just with his goals, but with his all-round play. And like you say, Rich, I completely agree. Dorchester were devoid of ideas. They ha- they lacked leadership. They were screaming out for someone like Nathan Walker to be out on that pitch, commanding them. And obviously, a lot of Terrors fans were amazed that he wasn't in the team, even though he's, he's not a player for Dorchester. A lot of people were predicting that they were going to bring him back for that game, but wasn't to be. I mean, Rich, we don't want to make it too much about Dorchester, I guess, but have you, in your time watching the derbies, seen a worse Dorchester team? I've got to say no, Josh, to be brutally honest. I mean, we've we, we've all seen their previous results and it's just one of those that it looked like, you know, they may start off the game well for 20 minutes, half an hour, but once they conceded the first goal, they've sort of collapsed and, you know, they've yeah. had some heavy defeats and, um, you know, and as soon as you saw the team, you know, they there were concerns about our side being young, but they just looked you know, like a load of boys, really, you know, and made us look like, you know, a really experienced outfit, you know, and, you know, I think, well, I mean, Craig Laird brought a lot of players in from Portland and uh, the lower levels, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can get one or two who make, might, make be able, might be able to make the step up, but I think you can't just bring them in on block like that, I don't think, you know, not without some experience as well, and, I just thought, you know, I've never seen. Well, I've never seen a, such a, a, a weak uh, Dorchester team in the derby. You know, I, I, like I said, I don't really remember ever seeing one quite as as poor as they were on Monday. To be honest, Josh. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And just seeing the manager or the former manager slumped on the slumped on the side of the pitch, not really looking like yeah. he was making any difference. I mean, I guess we're kind of used to that from previous managers, but. Um, it, it, they just look completely clueless, really. Um, Ryan, we touched on it last week before the derby. Um, did Craig Laird and the general sort of mood around Dorchester help them? Go- well, Craig Laird's comments basically is what I'm trying to get at in the Echo and or in social media and other things like that. That really didn't help the Magpies, did it? No, he, he got it completely wrong. He, your, your players aren't going to want to go into the game hearing that they're Audi products, are they? You just don't do that. You don't slate your own team when when they needed to be lifted for what was their biggest game of the season so far, and might might be their biggest till Boxing Day. I don't I don't know what sort of fixtures they're going to get and where they're going to be in the league. But you, you just don't do that, and it it seems to be a problem that Dorchester have had of managers getting it wrong in the press. With um, Kemp used to do it as well, and Simpkin did it as well when before. Um, the bank holiday a couple of years ago well three years ago now I remember Simp- mm-hmm. I can't remember what Simpkins comments were but I think he was trying to put the blame on the fans almost like what Laird was doing this time and yeah that's just not what you need when the pressure's on you to put to get even more people against you it, just, it never never works well does it when as soon as you start blaming the fans it doesn't and I think Simpkin actually criticized the fans after the derby as well after the results sort of blaming them for the result and by all accounts Craig has gone into the uh, to the Magpies bar after the game and confronted supporters, which you well you shouldn't really be doing. I mean, you've got to just walk down the tunnel, take what's coming to you because you're going to get it, and just accept it. I know it's not easy as a human being, but you know, manager of a football club, you're already under pressure. wasn't ever going to help. 
And obviously, we're going to come on to the fact that uh, Craig Laird lost his job a little bit, uh, a little bit later on. But firstly, I mean, we, is it also fair to say, Rich, that after what's happened with Dorchester, obviously with the manager going and the poor performance of Dorchester? that sort of the credit for Weymouth and the Weymouth players and management has almost gone a little bit unnoticed. Yeah, I think so, Josh. I mean, you know, we went there and put on a, you know, a polished performance really for, for a derby game. Um, you know, we, we met the initial, um, you know, uh, attack from Dorchester, but although it wasn't that much of a <laughs> uh, fire, but, you know, we sort of, once we let that pass and, we sort of just, you know, went there and did a professional job. And I think, as Mark Mosley said before, Andy was looking just for cool heads. And I think on a very hot day, that's what we needed. And I think that's what we got from our lads. So. I think some of the fans would have appreciated some cool ice products. Uh, <laughs> th- th- those that don't know, Dorchester actually ran out of water um, in the uh, and cold drinks in their in their sort of tea hut. So. Um, yeah, I think a few people, including our very own Mr. Spring and Ben, were a little bit cross about that. Um, but it was a very hot day, as you said, Rich, and that almost goes to show as well. The Terrors made it an even more professional job on in in difficult circumstances, including the fact that obviously it's a derby uh, with with a home crowd dead against you. Um, Jake McCarthy bagged two goals in the second half, and Brandon Goodship scored. Uh, in for the terrors in the first half, I just wanted to ask you guys about his celebration. Um, it's great when you when it's your player that the team, you know, the team you support is doing it. Uh, not so great if um, if you're a Dorchester fan, you can't blame him, Ryan, can you, for for, for reacting like that? It's a derby heat at the moment, sort of thing. No, I, I imagine they must have said something to him for him to give him that reaction. It's quite similar to when uh, Walker did it to us, didn't he, a couple of years ago down at yeah. the Bob Lucas and he was getting hounded all game so you can kind of imagine that it was similar for Goodship he's an ex-magpie coming back he's he's had his chance in the leagues in the football league so they're probably giving him a bit of stick about having to come back and play against Dorch and what, be- what better way to shut him up than scoring the goal that he did absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely quality bottom corner he buried it and it was good play from Ben Thompson uh, in the build-up, and just touching on Ben Thompson, led nicely into that. Um, ben Thompson won the Terrors.com uh, Player of the Month for August, which has kindly been sponsored by Ian White of Wessex Fantasy Football. So thanks to Ian and Wessex Fantasy Football for that one. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll go on to that, actually, while, while we sort of touched on it. Um, Rich, would you say that that's thoroughly deserved Player of the Month for Ben? I think so, Josh. I think he's been a revelation, really, hasn't he? I mean, we saw our, when he came back from pre-season, you know, how he seems to have, you know, got himself, you know, really uh, sharp fitness-wise and um, everything else. And just the way he started the season, he's been, you know, I think he's been on fire, really. And uh, that goal up at Froome was, a, you know, a, a one of all of his own work and, you know, finished it well and, um, yeah, fully deserved, I think, Josh. Yeah, and I remember sort of standing next to you for that Froome game when he scored that goal. And we sort of both looked at each other in a bit of amazement because it was a, it wasn't the sort of finish we'd be necessarily used to from Tomo. He's sort of a quite an instinctive player, uh, but that goal was fantastic. And I think, mm. yeah, he, he's thoroughly deserved his, his player of the month award. And Ryan, he he won it, he won it relatively comfortably, didn't he? You you obviously got the, uh, um, got the uh, yeah, got the details. I got the points here. Um, 
yeah, the way the way you work it out is you get five points for winning a man of the match, uh, three points for coming second, and one point for coming third. And yeah. Thompson's actually got himself eleven points this month, which is good going. And uh, his closest competitor was uh, Rose, who got eight points. So he's a, a full three points ahead there. He's yeah walked it. Yeah, and I think he, like you say, thoroughly deserves it. Um, just before we obviously we leave we leave talking about the derby, we've already sort of said about it, and obviously everybody by now will know. Uh, that Craig Laird lost his job after five games this season. Obviously, he took over from Mark Germain last year in January. Um, we don't... Re- I mean, I personally don't know the goings-on at Dorchester, and I'm sure neither of us really know the ins and outs, but just looking on as a Terrors fan, it, we'll start with you, Ryan, this, this time. Is there any part of you that feels a little bit sorry for him, or do you see why Dorch did it? What, what's your view on it? Um, well, the results weren't going too well. That's the main thing. He said they've got a mid-table budget, which they probably have, and they're not—they're not even looking like they're going to compete for mid-table. They're looking like they're lower down in the—they're going to be lower down in the league this season if they carry on. And the way they finished last season as well was pretty shocking. They—they thought they got themselves safe, didn't they? And then almost switched off, which reflected on the attitude of the manager what was coming out from him so I, I can see why they've sacked him I mean a lot of people said he's a nice bloke and I'm sure he is but you have to question his football management because it just hasn't gone for him since he's joined the club like there's a couple of strange decisions like letting um, Franklin Clark and Nathan Walker go so easily who were big players at the club and popular players that's not going to go down well if you don't replace them adequately which he didn't he seemed to have a strange philosophy at the start of the season where instead of getting yourself 12, 13 quality players and then getting like the odd squad player around that, it, he seemed to get about 20 like average squad players. Well, not even average, some of them. Because we, we jokingly commented on their um, pre-season training photos, wasn't it? Where there's about 40 players like all in the pre-season training. It's like... Where, yeah. where have all these come from and how have they managed to get so many players? But it was obvious that they it was just a lot of players who weren't actually good enough for the league. So No, it, and a it, lot of mixed... Everything lot sort of, just seems to have gone wrong this season. And Yeah. As soon as you start arguing with the fans, you've kind of buried your own coffin, if that's a phrase. I don't know. Buried your own coffin? <laughs> yeah, it's a phrase works. now. <laughs> yeah, it works now. Um, I think you're right what you're saying. Um, Craig obviously he was at Weymouth. Let's not forget, it's easy to forget that Craig actually, as assistant manager, had Weymouth up in sort of, I think we were top of the league. Um, Rich, you'll probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at one point we were up the top of the league with Craig Laird sort of as, as Jason's assistant. So to a point, it was going well for him at Weymouth. A lot of people will forget that. Um, but obviously that was with a bigger budget and Jason as manager and various other things going on. But, um, Rich, do you, even though it's five games in, do you agree with Ryan? Do, do you think that it was almost inevitable and Dortch were left with no option, or, or would you have given him a little bit more time? Well, I think I think they I, I, I think they've made the only decision they could make. To be honest, I mean, after the game, I stayed for a couple of minutes and I could see the Dortch fans was gathered round, you know, their dugout, and and I could come back home. And I said to uh, 
Karen, I, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not out of a job tomorrow. And unfortunately, although it was late, and unfortunately for him, it was true. And I just think it was just one, only one way it was going to go. You know, really, if they can't really get to um, in a derby game, you know, a performance, then when are they going to get it? You know, and, and as uh, you and Ryan have said, uh, it, it's just no motivation coming out in the press and. If it's the case in the dressing room, then there's, there's no way it was going to turn around without, you know, major change, unfortunately. Um, I don't know Craig myself, but um, obviously, as you said, he was at Weymouth as assistant. And, you know, I'm sure he'll be back in football again soon. You know, I've got no um, problem with Craig Laird at all. You know, it's just that I don't think for from their point of view that he was going to be the man that was uh, going to take them where they want to be, I think. So... Yeah, I think yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. I think in their mind, he was never he was never really going to be the man that took them to where they want to be. It'll be very interesting now, obviously, to see where they go in terms of who they appoint next. Obviously, Trevor Senior has taken the interim job at Dorchester. Um, he's now come out and said that he wants it full time. Uh, contrary reports to what I heard on Tuesday night, and we won't name any names. We don't name any names under the main stand, but. Um, <laughs> we were told that he didn't want the job. So obviously he's come out in the paper today and said he did. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see how that one materializes. Um, Just one, more, one more thing to add about Craig Laird as well was yep. that he was following a tough act in Mark Germain. As much as we yes. don't like him at Weymouth, he, he did seem to have Dorch going in the right direction. He was popular with the fans. He said all the right things in the press, even if it was winding us up at times, but he did normally get that right. <laughs> and, and he, it was the fact that Jermaine left because he felt that he couldn't go any further at the club and that's, that left the fans frustrated that they felt that Jermaine wasn't getting the backing that he probably deserved from the club and they, they think he should still be there and be the man taking him forward. So yeah. it was always going to be hard for Laird to come in and follow that because it was such a popular bloke who he's replaced. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, the The before we leave the derby, actually, there's one more thing that obviously happened. Tom Blair, the young Dorchester player, got himself sent off. And the reaction on social media from the Dorch fans has been quite honestly embarrassing. Um, it's kept me entertained. Have, it's, it's been very entertaining. They've kind of used it as an excuse, which I know all football fans, well, the fickle ones amongst us anyway, kind of do. But it was whether or not it was a red card or not, we won't really get into that now because the referees gave a red Um it wasn't changing the course of the game. If anything, I actually think it probably disrupted the momentum slightly, um, which Weymouth was starting to build. And, uh, I mean, in real time, you can see why the refs give it as a red, because it does, in real time, obviously we've seen it back on the video, but in real time, it looked a red card offence. And the, the, the original, well, it wasn't given as a foul, but the original movement from, from Blair... Appears to show him sort of raking his studs down Ash's leg. That's what I was going to say. He's got the right decision, but he's got it the wrong way. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, and I do think if it went to appeal, I don't think they're going to get it rescinded. To be quite honest. Yeah, because... I'd say fifty-fifty on that. It depends how they look at it. Because yeah. there was there wasn't a stamp, which is what the referee was saying that he saw, but there was definitely quite a cynical foul on Ashley Wells as they were running towards the ball. So it'd be interesting to see what yeah. what the FA come up with on that. And also, uh, 
it has to be said as well, there have been some Dortch fans that have come out and said, fair play, no, Weymouth were the better side, it didn't make a difference. So we won't tie them all with the same brush, but there are some that really, well, have been quite entertaining, as Ryan said. We use it entertaining as opposed to embarrassing <laughs> uh, because, because, I mean, they've used it as a bit of an excuse, which is quite frankly pathetic when you look back at the game because they didn't once really test Mark Travers until the very end of the game, actually. Um, so, no, nah, they can have no excuses. Weymouth were superior to Dorchester on the day. Uh, as Rich rightly said, the Terrors didn't have to come out of second gear. Um, obviously, it's slightly been forgotten after the derby, but before that, just two days before the uh, the, the derby, the Terrors played Stratford Town at home. Um, Rich, how important was it to not lose that game, even this early in the season. Obviously, we were on the verge of losing it until Jordan Rose popped up with a late equaliser. Um, particularly going into the derby as well, do you feel that that goal could prove to be very important for the Terrors, even at an early stage? I think so, Josh. Um, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I couldn't see it coming. I thought we were heading for another defeat. And um, luckily, that lovely ball from uh, Davis won it, I think it was. And uh, Yeah. Jordan Rose finished it like a striker, really, up front and uh, got us the point, which, you know, we hit the bar before that, didn't we? And it bounced down. We did. And it's, it's just not going for us at home. I was thinking, now, you know, another two home defeats <laughs> wouldn't look too good. But um, um, I think, yeah, it probably did. I think you're right, Josh. I think if we'd have gone into the derby on the back of another uh, home defeat, you know, it, but I think that maybe just sort of give us a little bit of a monkey off the back a little bit even though we you know, we are yet to win at home but um it's just so frustrating you know when i mean i it wasn't at bishop's Dortford, but obviously i saw the Froome match and i've seen dorchester away you know away from home it doesn't seem to be too much of an issue it's just as it's the home you know we've just got to get that home win and hopefully you know the points to come a little bit more at home for the home fans um, yeah so uh, yeah so yeah. Absolutely, and um, obviously, we obviously started really slowly in the Stratford Town game, and obviously the St. Mm-hmm. Ives game, which we which we went on to lose one nil. Do you what do you put it down to? It, I mean, obviously we're not out on the pitch, we're not in the dugout, so we don't we don't necessarily know. But against Froome, like you said, we were outstanding, and Bishop Stortford for that matter. Um, do you do you think it is a little bit of stage fright, or? Oh well, I mean. You know, there are only the players and the management can answer that, I suppose. But I, I suppose it is a little bit the the onus is on us, isn't it, at home? And you know, if a team comes and uh, organised, uh, we I mean we've seen it the last couple of seasons, didn't we? You know, yeah, how hard it was to um, create anything at home, really. Um, you know, teams play, you know play with a, a fast striker or whatever, and then trying to hit us on the break and. You know, if they come here well organised and make it difficult, then obviously it's harder when the onus is on us to go and on the attack. When maybe I suppose away you get a little bit more uh, space to play, and you know, it's, it's, till we've played maybe a few more home games, we'll see. If obviously, Mark and the management, you know, and the team can uh, find a way to, you know, crack the nut at home. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and obviously the next couple of games at home are not easy ones on paper. We play Kettering Town yeah. on the ninth, and then after that we play Hereford at home. Mm. Uh, so mm. two very tough games on paper. One thing about them two games is you'd expect relatively large attendances. Saturday mm. games, 
Um, and obviously, Hereford, as they constantly tell us, travel very well away from home. So, uh, <laughs> as to so Kettering like to... in mind. Sorry? Kettering travel well as well. Yes. So. But they don't maybe go on about it as no, much. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've got, actually, to be fair, we've got quite a good record against Kettering at home. Three uh, twos, last year. Lots of free twos. So, mm. I mean, hopefully we can con- continue that sort of trend. That comes, that's actually our next league game, um, regardless of what happens in the FA Cup on Saturday. We could be play Kettering uh, next week at the Bob Lucas. So, that's a definitely a game to look out for. Probably, probably one of the games of the weekend, you'd say, in the Southern League, that one. Um, it should be a tasty one. Um, other McDonald's burgers are available. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was really um, uncalled for. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so obviously we play Kettering and Hereford in the league. Um, it leads me on nicely. Before we do that, Jordan Rose, he's been a bit of a sensation for Weymouth so far, Ryan, hasn't he? Coming in on a month's loan from from Haven, of course. He's been just what we needed at the back. We. He's he's been the replacement for Zubar, and he just a colossus at the back. Who's uh, cool and calm under pressure, got a little bit of experience, and the way he took that goal as well. Rich said it earlier, but it was like a striker, wasn't it? Just take it down, yeah. put it round the goalkeeper, and he he just looked so cool when he did it. Like, yeah, this is what I do. <laughs> but when, it's great that he's come in and he's, well. he's added goals as well which no one was expecting yeah. him to do he's he's already got two for us so. he has and both goals he took very well like you're saying like you just mentioned cool calm and collected there with his celebration was just that as well wasn't it it was sort of like this is what I do um, it's sort of like a bit of a saviour for Weymouth particularly on that day as well uh, that's fantastic seeing if if and obviously we don't know but if Weymouth can keep him for a little bit longer, then obviously that would be fantastic. Uh, whether or not he plays in the FA Cup on Saturday, I think I'd, I'd be very surprised if haven't let him play in the Cup. But you don't know. You don't know. We'll have to see about that on on Saturday. I've read uh, I've read stuff from Haven't fans and they, they seem to be saying that he's, he's literally just come for to get fitness. He sounds like he missed either the end of last season or, or pre-season with an injury. So... Yeah, it, not quite sure how long we're going to keep him for, but it's just another one of those cases. That let's enjoy him whilst he's here, and yeah. hope that somehow we can get a deal to either extend the loan or get him permanently. But I'd, I'd be he surprised served. if we can. Well, he's certainly to be honest with you. I know, obviously, haven't our um, they're at our level, aren't they? They're they're in the um, or oh, I got that wrong. I don't know. If, did they go up? This I can't remember if they went up last season or not. They were in. They were. They, they were, were in the uh, in the Ryman division. Um, I'm looking at anyway, for you. Yeah. Anyway, I think he's he's proven already that he's a little bit too good for this level. Um, they um, won. They won the Istanbul last season, so they're okay, back in so the they south. Are back in the conference south. Yeah. Um, so I think that is, that is his level for me. Um, very good player, and we'd be very lucky to keep him. But I think he's enjoying his time at Weymouth. Definitely, he certainly seems to be, which is a positive. Um, yeah, uh, so Jordan Rose has been doing bits, which is fantastic. Um, so we go on before. Actually, just before we go on, uh, the UTMS lads have been drawing Brandon Goodchip today for the draw specialists. So keep a lookout for that. I think uh, that'll be being posted a little bit later on this evening or tomorrow morning. Uh, so keep an eyes out for that. Um, obviously, as I said. 
the uh, the well, well actually also James Spring's match review Audi nil Harrods three <laughs> is also up for your viewing eyes and I'm sure Rich you'll agree that's very very worth a uh, a look at. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it made me smile. That's one of them. So well done, Springer, for that one. Um, yeah, and obviously Ryan as you know the uh, player of the month uh, has been decided um, as well, which is brilliant. Uh, the away shirt was still waiting for the actual release, but um, I think you can start doing things like pre-ordering and stuff now, or at least putting your name down to do that, uh, which is which is good. So that should be soon. And goal of the month should be with you soon for the terrors.com as well. Um, there, I think there's only going to be one winner, to be quite honest. But um, <laughs> I, I think that's fair to say. Um, a certain goalkeeper scoring. I think that might be uh, might be might be happening. So yeah, that's what's coming up uh, in the next sort of few few days. Um, but also, what's coming up in the next few days? The Terrors are starting their uh, FA Cup campaign away at Western Premier side Odd Down. Um, let's be honest. When the draw happened, we all went on our phones and looked. Who are they and what? But you know what league are they in and what not? Um, they obviously they they play in a smaller stadium in a in a uh, you know on what you'd expect to be a, a, a difficult sort of afternoon for the Terrors. Um, Rich, obviously we don't know too much about them. Um, does that almost make it a little bit of a harder game for him? With the fact that we're going to be going into it expecting to get through to the next round, it's it, it's not going to be as easy as that, is it? No, very rarely does it be, especially being away as well. I mean, obviously, if we were at home, then it's a bit of a different story, although nothing obviously could be taken for granted. But, um, you know, you're talking only, what, two leagues lower at home and, at, you know, on the day, you just don't know, do you? And no. we don't know really anything about them, I'm sure, Mark, and that will uh, find out, you know, or have them watched or, or has had them watched, maybe, I don't know. Or, but... It's just on the day, isn't it? and as we know, there'll be some shock somewhere. The cliches come out, but you know there will be. Um, it's just got to go there and you know and treat them with respect, and hopefully, you know, we're good enough to to progress uh, to the next round. But you know, it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it, when this sort of game? And in a way, yeah. I'd rather we drew someone we knew a little bit about. But uh, you know, that's the draw, and that's we just got to get on with it, I suppose. Absolutely, we don't almost uh, with the FA Cup draw it is what you know for every club it is what it is you'd get who you get it's but I mean on paper you, you'd expect Weymouth to, if, if they're on their metal to come through obviously without knowing too much about Odd Down and what they what their capabilities are but just to, just going on <laughs> the difference in league really that's the only thing you can go on um, that, that, that would suggest that the Terrors if they're on their metal uh, w- would progress but Ryan if Weymouth aren't at it for whatever reason hopefully they're not uh, hopefully they are at it um it, it almost does have the makings to be a potential banana skin doesn't it uh yeah let's not forget it it wasn't that long ago since petersfield was it yeah <laughs> bishop's cleave yeah and um a bit before that there was a fame uh, fame united when uh yeah uh claridge was in charge so yeah they're they're, they're all still in my memory <laughs> but like you said, on on paper we should should be going through to the next round, but odd down are going to be well up for this. It's it's going to be a, a huge game for them. 
Um, that I don't think they've ever got any further in the competition, so it's a good opportunity for the the players to make a bit of history for themselves at the club. So it's not it's not going to be a walkover by any means. And also, I was reading today that they've um, they've won all four games at home this season without conceding a goal. So it's a bit of a fortress there up up near Bath. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I think if the terrors go there and play like we can, it's you can't see any other result. I mean, we have to be on it, though. We do have to be on it. And there is a little added subplot. Obviously, Mark Travers is away on international duty, so we're having to change the keeper around, uh, which which always obviously is never ideal, but it's one of them situations. You can't really do anything about it. And on the day, we're going to have to... See, you know, see, see what we're, see what we can do. I mean, it's everything that you're told is that it's it's a tight pitch, quite close to the, you know, the, the the stands are quite close to the pitch, and it's you know, it is what it is for that sort of level. You, you expect that though, so um, you know, as Rich rightly said, I think Mark, Paul, and the guys would have done their homework on it, and you know, it's away from home, so that like rich said you would like it to be at home but again you can't take anything for granted but let's hope we can go there and obviously it's a big game for us everyone's saying it's a big game for our down but it's a chance for us to earn three grand in prize money and progress in the cup so you know it's it's a big game for us as well on the subject of the cup i wanted to bring this into it um obviously we got to the fourth qualifying round last year eventually going out to uh, Kidderminster Harriers, who on the day were far superior to us. Basically, the question I wanted to ask you guys was: Is I don't I don't want don't want this to sound like the FA Cup's not important, but would you sacrifice an early exit from the FA Cup if it meant that we get ourselves in that top five? I know it's all ifs, buts, and maybes, and a lot needs to happen for that to happen. But if I said to you right now that we're going out of the FA Cup early whether that be first, second, whatever, but you're going to get that top five. Do you sacrifice it or does it, does it, should it not matter? We'll start with you, Rich, on that one. Ooh, um, I think we're getting, well, from my point of view, and I can only speak as for myself, is um, I think we're getting to the point now where I think we need to be starting to seriously challenge for the playoffs, at least <laughs> in this league. Um, you know, we've had all the well-documented um, financial meltdown and rebuilding and you know we've come a long way from those days but uh, you know I think we've been in in this league now a bit like Kettering are at the moment you know it's still early days but they're they've started on a flyer and they'll be looking to get back to you know the same sort of level that we will be in the long term I suppose and you know, we've had sort of dabbles in the cup, but, you know, we get to the fourth qualifying round and we always tend to, it's always that step too far for, you know, the first round proper when it, you know, could really, really get interesting, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, with the money, I know you it could always almost say you need one to have the other, you know, if you get the prize money, it, it helps fund the team, you know, you need to be up in the playoffs. But, you know, given the choice, I think, you know, I think the time's come, we really need to, make a real uh, you know play for those playoffs i think yeah. yeah well the only reason i brought it up was because obviously if you if say weymouth got to the first round of the fa cup as chesham did or i think chesham actually got to the second round uh, a couple of seasons ago um you obviously have this backlog of games now to me 
I want us to be up there challenging for the league. And if we're having to play Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes as well, even that that obviously uh, can have a uh, have an effect. Ryan, I, I, I raised it just purely for them things. Do you think that you can have both? I think ideally you want both, don't you? Because, like Richard said, the money is extremely valuable in building a team that can challenge for the top of the league. But it's getting it's getting a bit ridiculous, isn't it? How long we've been in this league, and not only haven't we got ourselves promoted yet, but we haven't even been in the playoffs. And this is a this is a side that for the last four five seasons, the aim has been to get in the playoffs, and we haven't done it once. We haven't even had the opportunity to lose in the playoffs, let alone get in it. No. So I think now now is the time to um to like get get in the playoffs at least. I want to get out of this yeah. league as soon as possible, but at least giving ourselves a chance. I'm not saying that Absolutely. we should sacrifice the FA Cup and put out an extremely weakened team or anything like that. But if if going out in the next round or the round after and it meant we could just concentrate on the league, I, I probably would take it. Yeah. Obviously, I, I'm not saying by any means that any Weymouth fan wants us to go out. I think that's silly. But I think, you know, it's we like you've just both said, and I completely agree with what you're saying. The time now, you'd hope, is to try at least to get in that top five and get give ourselves a chance of getting promotion we've been we've had sniffs but we haven't got there and anything that can help that will will obviously be beneficial also there is something to be said for winning breeds confidence and um you know if it can almost work another way if we got ourselves to the fourth qualifying round or even the first round that gives the club such an obvious boost. If we got ourselves to the first round and played Oval Town, oh, yeah. then that's an, that's another thing that's you know a TV game or obviously a lot needs to happen for that to happen as well. But it's I think you can have both, but any advantage to get us in the top five will be gratefully received. But obviously, I hope we beat down on Saturday. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love the FA Cup. It. It is one of my favourite, if not my favourite, competition for for being a, a lower league fan. But it's, I'm just getting frustrated of being in this league now of having to play teams. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna start naming teams then, but that's a bit unfair. But, but <laughs> you, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. At like this, Weymouth. Can I can I name them? Go on then. <laughs> the likes of Kings Langley, Froome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, go on, Dunstable. Dunstable. <laughs> Dorchester. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's not what Weymouth's history is about. Weymouth's got a history of being um, like when they're top of the Alliance League, which there's, there's no way we're going to be anywhere like that nowadays because it's just completely changed. You get, you're getting big clubs in the conference now, and there's no way that Weymouth would be able to get up there or even compete at the moment. But we got a history of being like a, a, actually a good non-league team, and we're playing in this awful league for so long now. Yeah, and I, it's it's no I'm not trying to disrespect the teams in there because it is 
there are good teams and it is a very very hard lead to get out of but surely we've done our time now yeah we have and I think Richard and myself and the long-suffering Terrors fans have had enough of this league it sounds really brutal doesn't it but we would like at least to push your promotion um unfortunately Jason never really fully gave us that as manager we never got in the playoffs Brendan come relatively close you know again we didn't make it you just hope this time is the one where we can I mean a lot of people say oh look how far the club's come that can only wash for so long can't it really we're out of that sort of mess that we were in I know it it's difficult to get out of this league there are only two promotion spots just at this moment in time so you know, you can finish second and not go up. So mm. it is difficult, like you say, Ryan, I think. But let's have a push at it this season, uh, if not anything else. I think that's fair to say. But <clears throat> let's hope the Terrors can get the business done or at least not go out of the cup on Saturday at Odd Down um, and see how we progress with that one. Um, obviously, tough game, but let's go and try and do it. And then after that, Providing there's no replay on the Tuesday night, Weymouth will go up against Kettering in the league. Um, transfer deadline day today as well, isn't it? Obviously, I don't think uh, Neil Walton from the Echo is going to be down the Bob Lucas, seeing if there's anything going. I was going to say Dan Rose then, but uh, obviously Dan's gone. I'm sure he'll be busy with Bournemouth and whatever else tonight, but uh, uh, there's going to be, I don't know if there's going to be any late deals for the Terrors, let's say. <laughs> Although somebody, not hold my breath. Went on Twitter, somebody went on Twitter yesterday trying to troll us a little bit we won't name any names but um yeah not ideal um yeah so um just all i mean might as well go for it obviously it's not really related to us but the sum of the money that's being spent today does it sort of it does filter down to non-league i mean you look at billericke on their 25 whatever it is grand a week budget um rich the money is crazy isn't it well, this is it, Josh. I mean, it's not. I mean, the top end of the game is just you know unrecognisable from anything from years ago, and one of the reasons I like to watch you know the local team. But having said that, as you said, it does filter down, and you know even in this league, you've got players on ridiculous money and things like Billericke happening, and we had it years ago with Hornchurch, and you know we're in some degree with ourselves as well at one point, you know when. It was all about you know throwing money at at uh, teams and clubs and you know and uh, it it just takes away from what what you know I think we we all like and just you know the lower league non league football and you know where you're closer to the players you know you can go on the same team coach as them and have a drink with them in the bar and after the game you know that's what it's all about really for us and. You know, it's just so far removed from that now at the top end of the game. You know, it, it's... But that's how it is, and, you know... But. Yeah, I think uh, the Neymar transfer to PSG and the Kylian Mbappe, 160 million one that's just gone through, it's just mm. it's still a different game. It almost is like two separate foot, foot, you know, two mm. separate footballs, isn't it? You've got the the non-league version and the, the you know, the guys at the top that are spending 35 million on bang average players or whatever it's it's a lot of money um and obviously we were saying it i mean we were saying just now weren't we ryan that or sort of earlier that it just 
with teams like Billericay that are spending an absolute fortune, it is filtering down, isn't it? Yeah, I think everyone's desperate to be the next Fleetwood, aren't they? And drag yeah. drag their way out of the non-league and actually be quite successful. Like they're pushing to become a championship club nowadays, which is remarkable when you think where they've come from in recent years. Yeah, and there's obviously a success story with AFC Wimbledon as well, which is a bit different with the fans actually pushing that club up the league. <clears throat> but the success stories are few and far between. For for those two success stories, there's about ten, maybe more, that have had mm. like a million plus put into them, and now they're they're either defunct or they're they're down where we are. Absolutely, yeah. So it very rarely ends well, which I would uh, give a bit of warning to Billy Ricky. It's a, is it basically like a car crash waiting to happen in a sense? Uh, it looks that way to me. Yeah, yeah, I think we'd all go with that one um, also it's quite nice to see Paul struggling at the start of the season after <laughs> Killick constantly going on about Weymouth he's, he's just before we end he still goes on about Weymouth in his post-match interviews it's it's he's quite obsessed with us it's a little bit worrying really <laughs> I think at spring he said he obviously had a bad holiday as a child to Weymouth <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah uh, I would take no I, I but obviously, yeah, he's just got some sort of issue, but it's nice to see them struggling a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, one of them. Obviously, like I said, the Terrors go to Odd Down on Saturday in the FA Cup first qualifying round. Uh, providing there's no replay on Tuesday night, the next game will be at home to Kettering. So hopefully the Terrors can continue their good form. 10 points from uh, possible 15 from the five games that they've played so far which is no bad return whatsoever. I don't necessarily think you would have said that the nine points, the three wins, would have come in the three away games. <laughs> but um, that's the way it's turned out. So uh, happy days on that one. Um, just like to say a big thanks to Rich Richwood for uh, for joining us tonight. And obviously you can see Rich's comments from the Terrors uh, in the match in the home match day programme. It's always worth uh, a read for that one. Uh Rich, uh, have you enjoyed being with us tonight? And obviously, Hi. being back, being back again. Hopefully, we'll have you back. Yeah, anytime, Josh. Yeah, very much enjoyed it. And while well, talking about terrors, is uh, we all enjoy doing that, don't we? Most of the time, hopefully, you know, yeah, as long as it's something good to talk about. But uh, yeah, no, thanks Most... for in, in, uh, inviting me. And yeah, more than happy at some point when you want me to back. Uh, yeah. No I think it, I think it's fair to say Ryan will will be having Rich back. He he will uh, he'll certainly be back if he wants to come back. Fantastic. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, and, really, um, really pleased you stepped in, Rich. Thank you. No worries. No, no problem. Yeah, perfect. And obviously, we we'll hope to have Ben back next week. Um, he's playing a football match at Swanage tonight. I think so. Good luck to him on that one. Um, fantastic. Um, I think we will wrap up there. As I said, terrors in action on Saturday in the FA Cup. Hopefully, a win there. Hopefully a win uh, for every game. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why I stood for that one. Um, yeah, so um, Audi nil, Harrods three. You can have a look at as well. James James Springs uh, review from the Dorchester game. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening, and we will see you at some point next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Cheers.